0: Hi there, I am Vinish.
1: And I'm Jess.
0: And you are listening to hashtag Sambal Podcast by the Sambal Pod. <laughs>
2: Nish and Jess are organisers from TEDxUKM, so basically TED Talks based at Universiti Kebangsaan this year, UKM. So uh, we'll talk about effective communication and what TED Talks are all about, because I'm sure some of us have came across this kind of short talks on YouTube, where we would have you know, experts sharing about very interesting issues. And I think the best part about TED Talks is that um, they are presented in a way where it is very easy to understand, you know, in a way where. These complicated issues are very approachable. What is a good speaker, in your opinion?
0: In my opinion, right, the best speakers are the speakers who can really grab a hold of the audience's attention. So it's like those speakers that are so confident on stage that they don't mind doing the silly things. Like I remember a speaker who, like, upon getting on stage, he immediately called out a member of the audience and asked them, "Would they pay a thousand ringgit to see him dance?" So it's like these kinds of interactions that really get that really draws in the audience attention, the audience's attention, and yeah. So these kind of speakers who can really grab attention and hold on to through it throughout the duration of the speak is what makes for really good speeches that everyone listens to. And on top of that, like uh, the theme of like today's topic is like effective communication, and that also I think is what plays a really big part in making a good speaker good. It's speakers who can boil down like those really complex ideas that people. Are afraid to approach into simple, approachable topics that everyone seems to easily understand throughout the course of their talk. Also, good speakers really are able to understand their audience and what their audience is looking forward.
2: Talk about the many challenges of public speaking. You should
1: like plan your timing and the pacing of your overall speech. And as a speaker, like you shouldn't rush through the important points or linger like, excessively on the details. And at the same time, you also need to like have a good balance of the strategic use of pause and all these are important to like maintain the audience engagement and allows for be- better retention of information for them the audience to like some information and reflect on the key points but it would be a great challenge for you to do all this during a public speaking like when you are standing on the stage and then everyone is like staring at you and then um eagerly um waiting for you to speak they want to listen to you so like this would be great challenges, uh, personally, for me. And then, um, so, like, how do we overcome all this? I think, like, uh, a thorough preparation prior to the session would be great. Like, for example, you can prepare create, uh, like, a general round now to have a clear picture of the structure of your speech for a clear message to convey to the audience within the limited time that have been allocated um, for you.
0: I actually did do, like... uh. Not to say competitive, but like you know how the government has like the English speaking competitions. Yeah, as someone who like participated in those, the most helpful thing I could do is I would look at the audience, right? I would scan through them, but not make eye contact with a single one of them. And it, it gave <laughs> okay. everyone the impression like, oh, look at him! Like he's being so formal and like making eye contact with everyone, but I looked at no one. I just like scanned through the audience like a robot. And also mm, like okay. the easiest. The best way to do it is like to honestly just throw yourself on stage. Like there's no preparation. What like, the way? No matter how much you prepare, it's not going to feel like it's enough. It's just like throw yourself on stage and do the best you can. And like just mentioned, like practice is everything.
2: So that introduces itself as this platform for effective communication. I think just now uh, what you were saying, Vinesh, is like some important points about what effective communication is. So Jess, can you tell us um, what is effective communication from your point of view?
1: Effective communication is like referring to the ability to recognize and adapt to the specific, specific circumstance, environment, cultural, and also like the um, social factors. And I think these are like important to ensure that the messages are appropriately tailored to the situation and the audience. So maybe I should give some. Examples like um specifically like in terms of culture, you know different cultures have different communication norms, values, and expectations. So being aware of and um, respectful towards these cultural differences is essential for effective communication. Like for example, um how do you address an individual appropriately, and then um, what are the language or behaviors that may be deemed offensive to? a particular culture, I think all this play an important role in order for you to like communicate effectively um, with others. And then in terms of like environment, Mm -hmm. I think we should also like adapt to the physical setting of the event, you know, like you should know um, how to adjust your tone, your formality and content of your message, whether it's a formal one or it's more towards like a casual conversation. Okay,
2: so just um, what is your MBTI, if you don't mind to share?
1: My MBTI?
2: Do you want to guess, like, am I an introvert or extrovert? Oh, should I guess now, God? I don't know, I mean, <laughs> I just spoke to you for, like, what, the past 10 minutes? And I'm supposed to guess your MBTI? Okay, uh, maybe I would call you... Are you an I? Because I am an I, so I'll probably assume everyone to be an I. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm an I. My MBTI Okay, so what's is, your full? Uh, my MBTI is ISTP. ISTP. Wait, what does
2: the S stand for? I forgot that actually. <laughs> I don't
1: remember <laughs> what does S stand for. But then I know T is. Um, it's T like is thinking. F is feelings, and then uh-uh, T is thinking. Yeah.
2: And then. You are ISTP, right? P is perceiving. Yeah. I just can't remember what does L, what the F stands for. I don't
1: remember. Sensing
2: this. or something. Any, it's okay, <laughs> we'll yeah, find, find out later, we'll find out later. But um, the reason why I, why I brought this up is because all of us have different personalities, right? So some of us are extroverts, some of us are introverts. Some of us are in between, you know, we're ambiguous. Um I always find myself to be, I don't know, I find myself to be a different character whenever I'm hosting. Um, and I also find myself to be someone totally different, you know, uh, when I'm in a social event. So, like, maybe in a social event, I can be someone very quiet. But when I'm hosting, um, yeah and I'm hosting, I'm like this la, I don't know what I am actually. But yeah, I feel like I find myself, I think, um, you know, me, myself, I think I'm way more approachable when I am the host compared to me just, you know, being myself in a totally relaxed event. So yeah, a lot of us, we all have different personalities. Some of us can be, you know, um, the life of the party. Some of us can be the extroverts. So um, there's a lot of different um th- uh, different personalities. So how, you know, is there like a, specific technique or like a specific way that we can use so that all these people with so different personalities, you know, can find way to be more expressive or can find ways to be more
0: comfortable speakers. So like dealing with different personalities and wanting to communicate an idea effectively to them, right? The easiest thing you can do is to just be really, really simple and use like simple language. So it's really hard for your points to be misconstrued And then you also need to be aware of your audience, like mentioned time and time again. Because if you're going to speak to a crowd of really diverse people, which is almost inherent in a crowd, you need to be really neutral and aware about your messaging, right? And when it comes to effective communication, essentially you, you just really want to make sure your idea is being heard properly. And unironically, a really good strategy is to just explain it like everyone is fine, especially if you're dealing with like, Super complex science topics or whatever. I found that science communication works really well when everyone can understand the terms being used and the key concept that's being communicated. So there's no need for like the jargon. And if you can find any like analog- analogy or metaphors that explain what you're trying to say really well, that is amazing and should work for pretty much almost everyone when it comes to communicating an idea. And I do find like people who are truly able to break down a complex idea and explain it to someone like they're five years old are people who have like a really in-depth understanding of what the idea is and therefore have the ability to like choose and pick which parts of the idea need to be represented and communicated to their audience. So yeah, if you're struggling to get through a bunch of people, just explain it like they're five and you should be good to go.
2: It's good to have social media, but how to make sure that we are able to make, uh, use social media for effective communication? Because I feel like, this is just my opinion, but I feel like when a lot of people give their opinions, um, it's so easy for people to misunderstand or miscon- misconstrue what they're trying to say.
1: More people are getting like wilder it's sharing their thoughts on social media. So I think like in terms of effective communication, I think as someone who is a wise user of a social media account you should be able to like um, know and differentiate what are the things that you can share and what are the things that you shouldn't be sharing like you know there are things that that you are not able to judge um, just solely based on your knowledge because you are not in their shoes so you don't know 100% of their situation that they are in. So to be honest, we have no rights. In my opinion, we have no rights to judge anyone's actions, anyone's um, behaviours, just solely based on what we see from our side. Yeah, and then in terms of like sharing things, um, I think you should like make sure if you are trying to convey a message, it should be a clear and accurate information so like people can easily understand what you are trying to say. Just keep it simple. And-
2: so we're going to have a quick break with this segment called hashtag Sambalpadas. So hashtag Sambalpadas is a quick rapid fire session. I think I should stop calling it rapid fire session because sometimes it's not really rapid fire. But you know, I'll still use the word rapid fire session because um, it sounds more cooler, you know. So um, <laughs> this is a session um, around five minutes about any fun and random questions so that you guys, uh, both of y'all, need to answer. And this is also just a short opportunity for our listeners to have a break. So um, also to our new listeners who may not have listened in before, these questions are not provided beforehand. So this is a good opportunity to get um, Jess and Vinicius, um, you know, honest replies, I guess. So um, we'll try to cover as many questions as possible. But the first question I have is because... um, Loki came out recently, but I haven't got a chance to watch it, so um, I'm trying to watch that, but I just want to know, what is the last movie that both of y'all have uh, you know, been to in the cinema? Oh god, I can't uh,
0: remember the last time I went. Okay, <laughs> so it's been
1: a while? <laughs> well, okay, I,
2: so if I I it's, it's been so a much. while, let's change the question. Uh, what's your favourite movie then? <laughs>
0: My favorite movie will have to be. I think this is like the every mainstream wannabe hipster answer, but I really like Grand Budapest Hotel, for okay. no reason other than the colors are really sick and it's so cartoonish and it's amazing storytelling. Love Wes Anderson.
2: Okay, okay, yes. What about you? Are you into music?
1: Oh yes, I'm into hip hop. The genre.
2: Okay, so what would you sing at a karaoke night? Oh wow. <laughs> karaoke. <laughs> Was that hard too? <laughs> <laughs> karaoke. Um it's just anything uh, that comes in your
1: head, you know. Uh it can be any hip hop songs, you know. I'm not good at rapping, but then uh, um, you know, trying trying is always is always a good thing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, no worries. I mean, you know, when you go to um karaoke, you're just going to have fun, You know, you don't have to be the best singer. So yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, but still, I haven't got an answer. So um, uh, are you into reading?
1: I'm trying to dig you're something not. from music. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, okay, no worries. It's totally fine. Um, I'm okay. I'm going to make this my mission to get
1: one interesting fact about you throughout this episode. Yeah, I will share with. Uh, everyone like uh, I have a hobby okay yep so um, I'm into night cycling and it has to be at night
2: why at night specifically? is there a reason?
1: Mm, because you know at night it's dark no one can see me so yeah, I feel okay. much more comfortable that way
2: okay a good place to hide yourself I get that okay
1: yep, um, and is there next, any other reason why it's at night? It makes me happy. Like, you know, at night, um, usually people go to sleep. You know, like, people usually have their daily activities during the day. But then at night, everyone is like, gone, ready. Gone from outside. So, no one will be seeing me. So, it's like, the whole world belongs to me. Yeah. Ah,
2: Okay. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. I think that's cool. I mean, thank you for sharing that.
0: For us, organising it, it's a really eye-opening experience. It's... Yeah, it's like idolizing that every time you see it on YouTube and then finally actually hosting your own event. It's a really cool experience. And then for the audiences, I would hope it is a mind-expanding situation where they learn more and like learn of cool concepts boiled down simply so that they can understand and process these new ideas that they've hopefully never heard of, right? Or maybe even a fresh take on an idea that they have heard of. And on top of that, you get to mingle with people who are also interested in TED Talks, which in my opinion, I think it's a pretty cool crowd of people. Like every year's events, I'm sure some almost everyone leaves with new friends made. At least that's the hope mm. from our events. And then for the speakers itself, it's also a really interesting experience for them, I think, to have a stage where they can choose to talk almost about literally anything that they want, any idea that they have, as long as it is unique to them. So, and then working with the speaker is also an experience in and of itself. But that is a privilege, I would say, reserved for members of the editorial team. So, <laughs> I'm actually okay. the head of the editorial team. So, it's a really fun experience. I, 10 out of 10, would recommend.
2: You guys, you UKM students, uh, should be very lucky because not all universities teams um, have that talk. I mean, have the, that organization itself. So, yeah, you're able to, you know, um have this unique experience. Okay. So the actual question I wanted to ask you just is that common topics on TED Talks tend to be very inclined on um, social norms or environmental-based topics. So is this only my opinion alone? Am I wrong? Or if, it, if
1: this is true, is there a particular reason for that? And these are the two main topics that people will always think of when they want to um, attend a talk or they want to give a talk. Yeah. And then, I think the reason behind this is because, like, um, you know, both topics, they have been, like, the hot issues, the talk of the town. But the problems related to, like, okay. environmental, like, social, um, they are never solved. And, in fact, the problems are, like, increasing day by day. And the question is that, um, is it even possible for us to, like, solve these problems completely, entirely? And... Um my question would be no. And uh, sorry, my answer would be no. <laughs> like it's something that's out of our control. It's it's nearly impossible to say that we can solve these problems entirely. Like we ensure that every corner of this world there won't be any problems related to like environmental or social problems like that. It's something that's out of our control and um even though like, we keep on talking and talk about it, but we just cannot do something that can actually stop it entirely. And I think that's probably the reason why people just keep on talking about it, because it, it is endless.
2: thing is, changes are not done in a, in a day, you know. Sometimes it's not even done in years, it takes decades. And um, for, people who, you know, for people who want to see quick changes, which is very understandable, um, it's kind of hard to see these kind of changes happening quickly. So yeah, that is probably a bit of the problem. Okay, so moving on uh, to TEDx UKM specifically, what is the unique standpoint? What it is that you guys want to bring, you know, to Malaysia as a whole? Finish um, the fly yours.
0: Oh yeah, uh, so like earlier you mentioned that we're lucky because TED- UKM does have a TEDx organisation, but I would like to quickly point out that any university can apply for a license to host an event. Actually, any one. It just has to be what type of event. So it just so happens you are a university event. So that's why our name is TEDxUKM. And okay. our unique standpoint is that I would like to say is one one of the few TEDx events that offer speakers the ability to speak in Malay.
1: Allowing various languages to be used in our event is like a motive from us to embrace cultural diversity in our country. And to add on, this can also open up opportunities for partnerships, collaborations in regions where Malay is prevalent. In a way, okay. this differentiates us as an organisation that values and incorporates a variety of perspectives.
2: Okay, Vinish, just now you mentioned that there are various ways for us to apply to you know to have a TED Talk. So can you share more more on that?
0: Uh, yeah, just making sure everyone can hear me, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, you can.
0: Okay, cool. So if you search up uh TEDx, it'll direct you to a website with all like resources you need to organize an event. And then basically the biggest thing we need to know is what kind of event that you are hosting. So in our case, we are hosting a university event. So that's just means we apply for a university license and then... Hopefully we get it and we can move on with organizing events, finding speakers, etc. So yeah, if you guys if anyone listening is interested in hosting a TEDx event for their own university or club or anything, you can just hop on to TEDx eh, sorry, TEDx, yeah, and you'll see the resources that they've prepared for anyone to organize their own TED event. Also, I'd like to add on, right? Uh, part of what we're hoping to achieve here at TEDxUKM is this year's theme is Perception Paradigms. So we're really hoping to change the way people see and interact with the world around them. So yeah, that's like one of our biggest goals this year, to hopefully get people to have like a, oh, so that's actually how it works, or like a light bulb moment throughout the event
2: all the best to the both of y'all um, in organising a successful event next year and who knows if I have an opportunity maybe I'll try to you know join in to the actual conversations in the actual event next year so yep yeah, um, that is all from um, us this month and we'll see you guys in the next summer podcast that is all thank you